Hey everyone, it's Imani. So before we jump into the episode, I just want to preface it by saying that in this episode, I will be talking about some very, very, very sensitive topics. Sexual assault is one of them. So if that is something that you are not quite ready to talk about or something that will be difficult for you to hear, please do not listen to this episode. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and give a warning to those that may be triggered or may relapse from hearing about someone else's story. So with that, um, if you are able to go ahead and listen, uh, here we go. All right, everyone, welcome back to Imani's Corner. I've been gone for quite some time now. Uh, Life has just been difficult, to say the very least. I have dealt with work frustrations um like relationship frustrations and not even like with a boyfriend but just like with multiple relationships in my life like the things have just been difficult um there's just money like it's life has just been difficult and if you listen to the last episode I said that I was gonna sit down with a young woman that owns her own business and then like I said life got hectic and I was not able to record with her and then something else happened that just kind of took precedence over everything else in my life in that moment and I decided that I feel comfortable enough talking about that with y'all so here we go all right so for those that do not know me personally and don't know this about me um in April of 2018 I was raped and it was one of the hardest things it's I'm not even going to say it was it is one of the hardest things that I have had to come to terms with that I have had to grow from that I have had to acknowledge because you know when something like that happens you can deny it all you want, but like it, it has still happened. And it took me a very long time for me to acknowledge it and accept it all in one breath, you know. And as a very sweet friend of mine says, he said, you know, as I continue to heal, then I'm going to own my truth. And, you know, your truth is not always pretty. It's not always beautiful. Unfortunately, my truth deals with something that was humiliating and degrading and just required required then and requires now therapy and just learning so much about myself as I come to this place of peace and so yeah and so in this episode what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that pain and I'm going to explain why I think as black women we need to go to therapy we need to acknowledge those tough things that have happened to us and accept them because if it's happened we cannot change it anymore and grow from those things and so as I said last April well I guess at this point two Aprils ago I was attacked uh it wasn't even that I trusted this individual it was that hey like let's just hang out we're college students that's not weird you know and the next night I was in the hospital because I knew that something was not right. And I knew that if I did not report this, what else could happen to other young women, you know? And if I take a couple of deep pauses or deep breaths, just know that I am just collecting myself and just preparing myself to fully continue with the story. Okay. And so 
I graduated. I came home and I blew up like three or four times a week at my family. It was hard for me to accept that something like this happened to me. And it was also hard for me to accept that I needed help. My younger sister, who I'm not even super, super close to her. I love her with all my heart, but we're just not super, super, super close. She came into my room, sat down on my bed and told me, she's like, you know, sissy, I love you and I want you to be better. And what if I find some therapists and you call around and you pick the one that you think is best, you know, but I'll, I'll narrow down, I'll narrow them down for you. So she gave me the number of three therapists. And the first one I called is my therapist to this day. I actually did not call anyone else. Something about her just felt right to me. But I would not have taken that step if it weren't for my younger sister recognizing that I was not going to get any better. I was not going to acknowledge what happened to me in a healthy way. And that is something that not even just black women, I would say that in our community as a whole, we don't acknowledge the things that have happened to us. And we pass these things on to our children and by me so candidly talking about this, I hope that it can inspire other people to maybe address the things that they themselves are holding on to and that they themselves need to address and go maybe speak to a therapist or go address that family member that, you know, you're 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 holding something against them. But um I so I've been in therapy for well over a year now and it's really, really been amazing. My therapist has been truly my lifesaver because I genuinely believe that if my sister did not step in and find me a therapist that I would not be here today. I had so much pain and frustration and just anger and truly just depression built up in me that I was contemplating killing myself. Frankly, I I didn't know how else to handle one, what had happened to me and two, the aftermath of what had happened, because now I have to tell my parents. Now I have to talk to my friends. Now I have to go talk to the police. Not and there's all these things that I just was not prepared to do. And frankly, I don't think anyone is prepared to have something so intimate stolen from them and then have to be poked and prodded in a hospital room and have to talk to multiple different police officers that are looking for any hole in your story to in to say that well maybe there was an aspect of consensuality in this when you know in your heart no, I I didn't want it. That that that's it. That's all that it was. But that's their job they have to find the truth but at that same time it's so degrading and humiliating to sit there and answer these questions that you've answered time and time and time again with other officers and you know and so I like I said I've been in therapy for about a little over a year now and it has been so life-changing because while we addressed my attack we've also taken the time to address Things that I've buried so deep that I don't ever want to talk about. Issues from my childhood. Things that I was affected by in high school. Things like that. Like she's really taken the time to help me unlearn some negative things about myself. To help me to be a little more 
that's the word I'm looking for, just to be a little more positive about life and just be bolder about life. And she's helped me to break down a lot of the things that I've had built up in me that made me so jaded and turned off to like the positives of the world. And so uh, Mother's Day weekend, my younger sister graduated from Hampton. We both went there for undergrad. And (sighs) during the graduation ceremony, my attacker, who I thought graduated last year, same as I did, his name was called. And and immediately, kind of the way I sound right now, that's exactly what happened to me. My heart started to race, my chest got tight, my skin was tingling, and immediately tears came to my eyes. And I just, I turned to my older sister and I explained to her why I had such a very obvious physical reaction to them saying this person's name. And then I raced to the bathroom. I ran as fast as I could because I did not want to start crying in the middle of the ceremony. I did not want any of that attention on me. So I go to the bathroom and I try to calm myself down. When I think I'm better and I get back to my seat, it just overcame me once again. And it was hard for me to sit there any longer. So my big sister and I, we both went to the bathroom and she just held me and she just held me and she rubbed my back and she helped me to breathe. And we breathed in together and we breathed out together. And she helped me to control my breathing and to slow down my heart rate and to just just be in that moment to take all the pain I was feeling, acknowledge it and let it go. And I'm so, so grateful to her for that because I I think that if it had been other circumstances and maybe I saw him at like homecoming or maybe the alumni uh, reunion picnic or bazaar, I would have had a worse reaction because I was by myself during those two events that I just mentioned. And it would, I don't think I would have been able to help myself the way I needed to be helped. And so we go to sit back down and my parents just both, you know, give me a hug and the day goes on and, you know, we drive back to Michigan and it's over, you know, for lack of better terms, the whole thing's over. At this point, I'm probably never, ever going to see this man again, but it, but I might, you know, there's a very slim chance that if I go to homecoming again, this upcoming October or whenever it is that I may run into this individual there's a chance that I mean the world's a lot smaller than we think there's a chance that I may run into this person and all that this situation taught me was that well I'll say I'll say what I took from it and what my therapist took from it so originally when this all happened I text my therapist I said I'm just really upset with myself like why did I react this way I feel like I haven't grown enough you know I'm really really beating down on myself because it's been a year right like I've I've talked to my therapist about it consistently for 12 months I should be good now right my therapist explained to me that the fact that you immediately knew to remove yourself from the situation and try to calm yourself down She's like, you know, you're you're a lot stronger than you really believe that you are. You're you're a lot you've healed a lot more than you believe that you have. And she gave me that reassurance that even if I don't feel like I am where I should be, I'm gonna get there one day. And it's okay to have those moments of pain and frustration and feeling like you are not done yet. Because, I mean, we're all 
we're works in progress. And so I tell that story to say that I believe that, you know, as a community, sometimes we don't take the time to really address the things that we know should be addressed. You know, I've heard it quote unquote joked about that. Oh, no, we we just don't talk about those things in my house or we just don't do this in my house. And it's stuff that in our community is sometimes swept under the rug, whether it be a family member who has done something that nobody's proud of, whether it be that one uncle that nobody wants the little girls around. Like there's always a bunch of things that are swept under the rug in our community. And I just wonder how much better would we be if we lifted the rug up and we acknowledged each one of those dirty secrets those harmful secrets those shameful secrets because it took me a long time to admit even to myself that my attack happened like I knew it happened I knew in my heart it happened I knew from the fact that I had to go get a rape kit and I had to take drugs for like three months to prevent HIV from forming in my body that it happened but it's it to physically open my mouth and form the words to say I was raped or I was attacked. I couldn't do that. I had everything in front of me saying that, hey, this is it. But I could not, I couldn't do it. And I don't want to blame that specifically on me growing up in a black household. I think just as a woman, if anything like that has happened to you, it's going to be hard to become a voice for those that do not yet, that have not yet found their voice, right? But I will say that in our community, we cover things a lot. And I think that that's such a hindrance for us as a people because we can't heal from something that we haven't acknowledged. I had a friend that um, studied transgenerational traumas in undergrad, and it was the most amazing presentation in the entire world. I, I learned so much from it. But one of the things that I learned that I explicitly took away from it is that black people just simply simply because of slavery there are things that happened way way back then that have changed the literal like chemistry of the brains of those people so when they have children then their children have children because of the way that black people have been treated in this country it it children are born with these traumas that they don't quite know about but they're they're already ingrained in them and the reason that I wanted to be so open, not just with you, y- y'all listening, but just with people in my life is because I want to be able to address these things that hurt me or make me feel like, you know, I'm not as good as I could be or just, you know, my shameful secrets, my frustrating secrets. I wanted to address these things because I don't want to take that into one, a marriage one day. And two, I don't want to pass it on to my children. I don't want them to feel like also that you know something's wrong with mommy I don't want that I want to be my best self so that I can raise these children one day I want to be a part of this movement of breaking those generational chains you know and so that is why I want it to be so open with all 12 (laughs) y'all that listen to me I want it to be open and I want it to be very clear that A lot of the stuff that happens to us is not our fault. It's just really not, especially in a situation like the one I was involved in. That's purely not at all my fault. But we 
are responsible for our own healing. We are responsible for the steps that we take to find peace. No one else can do that for us. My little sister found the therapist and my responsibility was to call her. If I didn't call her, that's that's on me. But that's the step that I had to take. And I just, I implore those listening, if you know that there is maybe someone that's done you wrong and it's affecting you in a way that, you know, is really just changing the way you feel about life, maybe it's time to stop waiting for an apology from this person or waiting for them to acknowledge their wrongdoings. And one, just let it go as much as you can. Let that go. And two, take the steps that you can take to find healing and peace. Because as much as I want that young man to apologize to me and admit to me that what he did was wrong, I am not going to get that. That is something that I have come to terms with. That is something that I have acknowledged. And that is something that I am now okay with. The first couple times that I, 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 I entertained that thought, it hurt me and it made me cry because I feel like I deserve an apology. I feel like I deserve an acknowledgement of your wrongdoing. But you know what? I'm not going to get it. And that's okay. That is okay because I am in charge of finding my own peace. My peace is not wrapped up in whether or not he apologizes to me. My peace is wrapped up in me finding ways to healthily get rid of my aggression, to find healthy ways to cope. So instead of drinking myself to sleep, like I so desperately wanted to after those times, I had to go see a therapist. I had to work out. I had to get those feelings out one way or another. And so I just say that as you know, summer is rolling around and we're just all in better moods because, you know, the sun's out. It's nice. The sun's out late. You know, you get to hang out with close friends. You get to do so much. Those that have seasonal depression aren't as sad and depressed at five o'clock in the afternoon. I say take this summer to make some changes. Take this summer to really look at what's going on in your life. Look at what has happened to you and what you can do to change some of those negative outcomes because like like we said earlier it happened we can't change that it happened but we can change the path we take in the future I could have stayed sad about this I could have kept this inside my entire life I could have never ever addressed it and it would have made me it would not have made me a bad person, but would have made it. I would not have experienced life as fully as I could have, or as I am now. Life is by all means not perfect right now. I feel as though my entire paycheck goes to my bills, which that's not even a feeling. It just does. Um, I am like in the midst of like trying to identify feelings that I have for someone. I'm in the midst of trying to get my life in order as a whole. I absolutely do not like my job and I've been desperately searching for a new one and I have not been able to find one. So it doesn't to me right now, it feels like nothing is going the way I want it to go. But I'm here. I'm here experiencing all these things and I could have been dead right now. I could have been dead and my parents could have been spending the end of May morning that it's a year after we lost our little girl. But here I am. Here I am. And I, I'm i finding the joy in the frustrations of my life. And so 
did not expect to get this emotional. <sighs> okay. Okay, let's pull it back in. Um, so I just say that as you listen to me kind of just boldly tell my story, I just ask that you think about what you can do to move forward. Think about what it is that you can do to change things for you. You're the captain of your own ship. You know, you can direct it wherever you want to go. And to continue with that little metaphor, you know, the water's not always going to be calm. But if you take the time to equip yourself with the skills that you'll need to cross those choppy waters, you're going to get through them. So, you know, life right now may not be perfect, but if you take the time to maybe go see a therapist or start to do some self-care, the next time these tough times come around, you're not going to be scared of them because you know that you can handle them. You know you can. It's not going to be as bad. So while I felt like I failed myself by crying and racing out of the uh, gym when um, his name was called, I didn't fail myself. I, I I knew exactly what I needed to do and I did the, I did it instinctively. I knew that I needed to separate myself from the situation, one. I knew that I needed to get to a place where I could be alone, two. And I knew that I needed to calm myself down. So taking my deep breaths, breathing in for seven, you know, breathing in, holding it for seven, breathing out, you know, taking those slow, deep breaths, looking at myself in the mirror and affirming myself that I am safe. I am not in a position where I can be harmed. You know, I took the time to do those things. And while in that moment, it felt like a failure. Now, what, two weeks later, it felt like a victory because I, I didn't fold. In that moment, I, over the past year, have equipped myself unknowingly, really, with everything that I needed to prepare myself for a moment like that. And I'm proud of myself. And I just want to say that I'm proud of anyone that has experienced the pain of having something so intimate taken from them, something, an act that is so intimate between two people that genuinely care about each other. I I I hurt for you and I feel for you because I understand where you've been, but I also know that we will continue to get through it. We each day that we get up and we get out of bed, that's a new day and that's a new opportunity for us to keep trying, to keep pushing and to keep moving forward. And so I'm just I'm really grateful for this platform even if it's not a big one because this may help somebody and I just I really appreciate each and every one of you for listening to me and for giving me a place to admit something so publicly so yes um if you ever want to talk or you just need someone to rant to or whatever it is if you go to the Imani's Corner Instagram page, the DMs or the private messages, they're completely open. So message me. Let me know if you just want to talk. Let me know if you just need someone to listen to you. Or even if you're in the Detroit area, let me know if you want help finding a therapist. You know, we, we will do all of this together. You know, it's no point of fighting it alone. And so I just want to say thanks to everyone for listening. And have a great rest of your day. Bye.